This episode of The Startup Life is brought to you by People Ready. Startup Nation, you have a lot on your plate. The last thing you need to stress about is finding quality staff or the available work you need to be successful. Save time and headache by working with a trusted staffing partner that meets your everyday needs. People Ready is a national staffing provider with over 600 locations across the country and 30 plus years of experience serving people just like you. They specialize in a variety of industries including retail, manufacturing, logistics, general cleaning, hospitality, construction, and more. People Ready understands that you're busy and on the go. That's where their mobile app, JobStack, comes in. Use the app to place orders or find work 24-7 or wherever you are. And as social distancing continues to change the way we interact with customers, colleagues, and our everyday lives, JobStack provides the ability to find the right temporary workers or work you need while eliminating the amount of physical touch points needed in the staffing process. Visit PeopleReady.com forward slash Startup Life to learn more about how you can partner with People Ready. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, this new normal has us all shifting our business models. And that doesn't matter if you're a small organization with a few employees or part of the C-suite of an NFL franchise. And speaking of the latter, our guest knows a little something about that. He is a graduate of the Warden School and received the MBA at the University of Oregon. He is also the former vice president at ESPN, where he was responsible for college sports marketing and sport sponsorship activation. He is currently the chief marketing and revenue officer of the Tennessee Titans. He is Gil Beverly. GB, what's going on, my man? <laughs> hanging in man i appreciate it thanks for having me on oh no worries no worries man look we're, we're very excited to have you on thank you so much uh for coming on man you think you can help us out today give us some knowledge for startup nation today man i can do my best you know that's all that's all i got but fair yeah enough. Hopefully, hopefully i can help out a little bit <laughs> fair enough i appreciate that so you know what man if you would just kind of share your origin story and your background a little bit who is who is gil beverly um so you know i, I think my sort of real life began sort of mid-20s um i wasn't sure what i wanted to do with my life sure um decided that you know i really wanted to follow my passion professionally and at age 25 26 you don't really have a real, you know, wide understanding of that. At least I didn't. Um, and what I was really into at the time was sports. Um, and so I went back and started volunteering at the athletic department um, of my alma mater at the University of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. um, which eventually led to a full-time job working for the basketball team, um, which was great. Right. Um, and then from there is when I went to, um, after doing that for almost three years, I went to University of Oregon um, to the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Um, I struck up a great friendship with Jim Warsaw, who was the program's founder. And at the time, it was one of the best sports marketing uh, educational um, institutions in the country, still is. Right. Um, and then from there, became, uh, I got an internship at the NFL League office in New York between my first and second year, mm -hmm. um, worked hard, um, lived at the office. Um, and that led to me getting a full-time job after graduation, um, at the league office, uh, did, you know, in the marketing and sponsorship realm there, did that for a few years, uh, two or three years. And 
then had a relatively long career at ESPN uh, in a number of functions. But um, as you noted in the intro, I was most most known for my um, work in college sports, um, both in the sort of marketing and promotion, um, but also working with the college football uh, sponsors across ESPN and um, particularly as it pertained to the college football playoff. Then from there, left New York, uh, moved to Dallas, worked for Learfield IMG College for a couple of years, um, working with a range of colleges and universities, managing their uh, sponsorships and marketing. And then finally, I got a call from the Tennessee Titans about a year and a half ago, and I've been in Nashville ever since. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to ask you something about your your days at ESPN and, and working on the college football uh, marketing realm. Because, you know, when, when I think of ESPN and I think of, you know, college football, I mean, there's one thing that comes to mind. That's college game day. I, I want to <laughs> ask you this. You know, like, because the thing is like that thing is like this marketing powerhouse that just works well for everybody. It works well for the school, works well for ESPN, and it just works well for everybody involved. Talk about that impact when it comes to exposure and marketing, when it comes to us, a, a behemoth like a college game day. Well, I mean, what it is, it's, it's a traveling party. Right. Who doesn't like parties? It's <laughs> Fair a enough. traveling party. <laughs> leading into the big show, which is usually the best football game of the weekend. Right. Um, and so when you take this traveling party to a college campus, which is, you know, for whether you're in college now or you're older and you kind of look fondly back on your college days or you know, even if you didn't go to college, but you, you know, lived in a college town or right. cheered for a school, there was something special about college game day. And so to sort of distill that into a three hour show, including, you know, physical presence on the ground it, on campus and usually in really cool, uh, you know, um, areas of the campus. So you got views of the quad or the stadium or whatever the case may be. Um, and then the producers always did a good job of giving the show a little bit of local flair. Right. Um, so telling telling a story about the local town the best barbecue joint or whatever and so it just felt like you got a little piece of you know what was going on at the biggest game of the of the weekend um, from from your living room and then from a marketing standpoint you know for sponsors to be able to draft a, a, you know behind that and you right. know with obviously the home depot has become almost synonymous with the show for sure um but there are others as well that have been activating with that show for you know a decade um so it's uh it's a great opportunity to reach college fans um you know it's a really good show and um you know it'll be interesting to see how it evolves you know post-covid um but right. uh I have a lot of good memories for uh, being a part of that. Are there any big differences between like marketing and, and, and targeting like college fans versus like pro fans? Are there any like big differences you have that you've ever seen or that you have to take account of or something like that? Marketing is marketing. Fair so, enough. you know, you, you, you kind of go through the same fundamental process as you think about it. Right. Um, but, but yeah, there are some differences. I mean, um, the, the fan bases are similar in the sense of, um, if you look at demographics or whatever, um, I believe the college fans slightly younger. Right. Um, and um, so that there's some differences there. Um, I think, you know, in college, you have to be a little bit more careful about how you represent the athletes, um, you know, because they're, you know, they're, they're not professionals. Right. Um, and right. so there's some dynamics there. And you still kind of have to be mindful of the dual mission involved in college sports, which is to educate 
players and student athletes as well as the, the actual competition whereas you know professional sports it's a little more simple they're, they're win games and uh, right. and and sell tickets right. <laughs> so so it's a little bit simpler at the pro level in my opinion gotcha well since you talk about that you know because i mean we're talking about you know uh, the Tennessee Titans who were knocking on the door of the Super Bowl uh, just last year. So uh, I'm curious about this from a marketing standpoint as well. It When you have like a successful team and a successful product out there, does that make your job just a little bit easier or is it like one of those things where it's, it's easier, but there's a lot more to do now? I guess I'm curious about that. <laughs> Well, I always tell people, now keep in mind, I've only been with the Titans one year. For so sure, so for winning, sure. winning's all I know, you know what I mean? Fair but, so, um, <laughs> but, but that being said, um, we started off two and four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of me feels like I experienced two different seasons last year. Right. Um, you know, and so the way I tell people is, you know, you, I became smarter uh, my jokes were funnier and, <laughs> you know, my life, my wife loved me more once we started winning. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, life does become a little bit easier, but you know, look, you, you, even if you're, you know, if you're about your business and you're a good brand, a good organization, you know, you don't change your approach. It's not like, Oh, we, we went seven and two to end the season. Now we can chill out. Yeah, it's like no. How do we you you lean into the curve, right? Like, right. Hey, we got some momentum going, you know, you know, downhill or whatever. Let's press the accelerator. And how can we just completely, you know, um, take advantage of this? Because you know, uh, they're, you know, ask, it's funny if you're what, reading Twitter today. The Jaguars are basically getting rid of all their good players. Um, and they, <laughs> Ooh, shots they were fired. The, I see within the division. Not, look, that's just uh, the objective truth. They, they traded enough, away man. their their best defensive player earlier right. in the week, and, and right. then they cut Leonard Fournette this morning. That's true. They were they were in the AFC Championship game, whatever it was, two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so my point being is, you don't know how long these good times will last in the NFL. Like right. you know, I believe in our team, and I think we're set up for um, sustainable success. But things happen, right? right so what when things are going well you gotta you know you gotta leverage that for all you can so you know once we kind of it kind of became clear you know we're pretty good um we started throwing everything we could against it trying to get people as fired up as possible we threw more parties we did more social um activations online Mm -hmm. um we we did you know we came up with a a a playoff uh, a marketing campaign our tagline was take everything Mm -hmm. you know because our our feeling was we weren't really invited, you know. Ah, we kind of cr- right. we kind of crashed the party, but right. now that we're here, we're, we're going to take it all, and we almost did. Um, so it it does become let's put it this way: I don't know if it becomes easier, but it definitely becomes more fun when fair, you're winning. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and, and I remember that period last season during the playoffs where uh, you guys did a phenomenal job with like you know not just the the, the engagement that you were talking about. Uh, but also like the, the, the dramatic videos with like, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, uh, the big time running back King Henry and the, and the QB and stuff like that. I just want a big shout out to your QB and your running back for getting me to a fantasy league win last season. So, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that for sure. Uh, but I, I want to ask you, uh, this really quickly, you know, how do you come up with those campaigns? Like, you know, is it kind of like, you know, do you go through the drawing board with a script? Is it just kind of off the cuff? I'm just kind of curious about that part. Take me behind the curtain a little bit, if you don't mind. 
You know, what's funny is um, I really I remember um, when we came up with Take Everything right. and uh, like the moment. And it's funny because, you you know, I went to two of the best business schools in the country and, right. and they talk about ideation and innovation and, and processes and how it's also, you know, you whiteboard things and, right. this, that, and the other. You know, the reality of it, man, was and that can work, by the way. And sometimes you need to do that. But right, in course. this case, I feel like there were five or six of us. Um, we were coming up against a deadline. It was like, if we need, if we want to do billboards, if we want to do this commercials, whatever, we, we kind of need to get rolling. And we didn't have anything yet. We didn't, mm. we didn't have a, a theme that we liked. We, we were talking about different areas um, we could, you know, tap into. And, you know, we, we don't talk about uh, Greek mythology all that often because I, I want the team to be really more, even though we're the Titans, right? right? right. But I want the team to be more, um, positioned and recognized to be the team of nashville and the team the team of tennessee I hear that. and then and then the the mythology piece is kind of like lower on the list it's still there but it's not what we focus on uh but but we were just kind of at that point we're throwing everything against the wall and there's a line in the movie uh 300 mm. um where uh king leonidas the the you know the central hero says you know for leading into the climatic uh you know final battle give them nothing but take from them everything um and someone's like and i'm like "Ah, that's too long and then someone's like why would you say take everything Mm. boom boom (laughs) it just sounded good right um you know and you gotta be careful because you want to come up with something that fires people up fires players up um, fires the fan base up but skirts the line between that and being arrogant and talking trash. For sure. Um, For sure. And so we felt like that this was aggressive was in your face, but it wasn't disrespectful. For sure. Um, so, so we enjoyed that. For sure. I, I'm always, you know, fascinated when it comes to marketing, like the best, like, you know, slogans or campaigns are like very simple, not, not simple in the sense of like, you know, not good or anything like that, but simple in the sense of like, it's, it's, it's easily to be, re- you know, you can be easily received. It's easily understood. Yep. Very isn't like you know a lot of like you know esoteric thinking or whatever the case may be it's just like you know boom in your face take everything and it really does rile uh the fan base up and it really did seem like it was a a a big hit for you last season yeah i mean i think the key is is you find something that's organic and authentic to your product right and your organization and and ideally something that works on multiple levels you know again like for us you know, it wasn't just about winning games. Like sure. I said, we're, we're the Tennessee Titans. And, and from our standpoint, you know, and I'm living it because, like, I didn't think much of the Titans before I, you know, started working here. And not, right. not that I thought that they weren't good or, or they weren't a negative. I just literally didn't think much of them. They right. just weren't on my radar. Right. And so, you know, there's a vein of that throughout our fan base where we just don't feel like we get our due. Um, and I've kind of learned that over being, being here for a year, like we've won a lot. We just haven't won big, like we're one of three, three teams that have had four straight winning seasons. I'm sorry, one of four teams, there's three others. Right. And so that's a really, you know, going back to my Jaguars example, like they thought they were poised to, you know, Hey, we, we were knocking on the door next year. We're going to, you'll be, we'll be right there. And we haven't heard from them since. Right. Right. We've had sustained success, but we don't get the sort of respect at the national level when people talk about the best teams and this, that, and the other, and the best players, and that's starting to change with Derrick Henry and Tannehill, given the year that they had, and right. E.J. Brown. But going back to our mindset last year, it's like 
we want to take everything on the field. And by the way, we're taking everything off the field. Like you're going to know who we are. Um, and so that was kind of our mindset. Like, you, you know, you, you don't know us, you might not respect us, but you're going to hear from us now. We're going to take it all, um, both on and off the field. And so when you say the, you know, it's a very simple line, it's two words, right. Um, but it really captured the essence of the 2019 Titans, um, and the organization as a whole as to where we were and, and where we wanted to be. Um, and it really came together nicely. For sure. And I appreciate you sharing that. And Startup Nation, that's kind of why I wanted to hint at that. Because like a lot of times, look, I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes when we start a business or we have a marketing campaign, we start to do the most a little bit. And so sometimes simple is just better. So, uh, GB, I really appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah, no, trust me. I love talking about that. That was fun. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So I, I want to ask you this because you talk about the, the fan base. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans are based uh, in Nashville. They are in, in, in the state of Tennessee. But, you know, how you do your marketing and the geographical footprint goes well beyond uh, Middle Tennessee. Kind of talk about that. I imagine it goes up into central Kentucky and over here where I'm at in West Tennessee and stuff like that. Kind of talk about that that geographical footprint and how you market to that footprint even outside of Nashville? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, actually, and I'm going to break a little news oh, um, oh, here. Okay, sure. um, exclusive. It, it's ahead. not exactly exclusive. If you, if you watch this closely, <laughs> you, if, if you watch this closely, you, you will have picked up on this for sure. Um, but our tagline going into this season is Tennessee tough. Mm. Okay. Okay. And the, the reason we're tapping into Tennessee tough again, you know, from where we sit, there's multiple levels to it. Now, it, at, at its most literal, it's, hey, we want to be a tough football team, right? We're right. hard-nosed, we're smart. Um, and, you know, and frankly, to the degree to which the Titans have had a brand identity, um, when times have been good, it's always been um, grounded in toughness, going back to the Eddie George and Steve McNair days. Of course. Um, and so that's at its most literal but, you know, if you look at traditionally what the um, the top economic drivers of this state have been, mm-hmm. it's farming and the industry. Right. You know, two, two, you know, spaces that are identified heavily with toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so paying homage to that, you know, because that's who our fans are. You know, that's what they're doing. That's where their space of mind is, especially in today's world. And, and that's the next level. In this region, over the last, you know, whatever it's been, eight months, you know, we've been hit with a tornado that we right. were recovering from, right. COVID, um, you know, really devastating economic factors. Absolutely. Um, and then you throw in all the the unrest and conflict driven by some of the issues surrounding race that we're all dealing with together. Right. And then, you know, for us here in the heart of Nashville, you know, the other driver of the economy here is is tourism and entertainment. And people don't think of entertainment as being a tough industry. But I'm here to tell you, man, you're you're, you're sitting there working for nickels, singing and, and dancing for nothing. Big facts. You know, trying to come up. Right. Right. Um, so it takes a lot of toughness and resilience and um, and, and grit. To, 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 you know, come up in that space as well. So when you kind of pull all that together, you know, we feel like our, our, our team and regional identity really centers around toughness in the midst of what's been a tough year, mm-hmm. but frankly, no end in sight. Right, <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. And so 
some of our communications that you're going to see from us as we get to the season are really going to going to speak to that mm-hmm. and to honor that in terms of, you know, how things have impacted our fan base um, and hopefully, you know, tell a story of a tough football team and how we're approaching this season. For sure. I appreciate that. And I was going to ask you about that part, but since we're already here, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. Because, I mean, you know, even if you've been hiding under a rock the past three months, COVID still kind of, you know, it's you you found your way and you know about it and stuff like that, Star Nation. So there's just no way escaping it. So when you talk about an NFL franchise and its main product a, a bit being compromised a little bit, how do you shift gears, you know, uh, with that? You know, because this is kind of something that's, you know, a little bit unprecedented. You know what I mean? When it comes to sports and stuff like that, kind of talk about that transition a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm not going to tell you that it's a normal time because it's clearly not. Of course. Um, But, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you know, my ambition for the team and our brand is to develop, you know, 24, seven, 365 day a year relationships with our fans. Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, the in-stadium experience is something of a crown jewel of that relationship. Right. But it's really, you know, the vast majority of our interactions with our fans occur outside of the stadium. Mm. Um, so, you know, whether you're talking about social media, whether you're talking about, you know, merchandise sales, you know, you're talking about, you know, TV coverage, whatever the case may be, like the manifestations of our brand and product are much more varied and deeper outside of the stadium. Now, in some, you know, you can argue and, you know, rightfully so that that's the best part of the relationship. If you are a ticket holder. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I certainly wouldn't argue that, but, um, you know, the reality is that there's still a lot that we can should and need to do to continue that relationship despite not having the opportunity to, to host fans in the stadium. And, and, you know, we have always been committed to that. And right. if anything, you know, this, uh, you know, one of the first things I did, uh, uh, you know, when I started working for the team was uh, green lighting um, our production team, to fly to Hawaii to do a documentary on a mini documentary on Marcus Mariota, mm, you know, like, right. And, and telling his origin story in a really cool way, it, it, you know, in a really authentic way where he's from. And that was insanely popular. Um, and those are things that we still can do. Like we had over 100,000 people interface with our pre-draft virtual party in April, mm-hmm. um, which was hosted by Eddie George and some others and with some celebrity guest appearances and things like that. Right. So, you know, the stadium only holds 70,000, you know, so like, again, I'm not here to tell you that the the stadium isn't important and isn't the, maybe the best thing that we do. Um, But you know, what this situation has done is it's, it's put a premium and accelerated the need to do some things we've already been trying to do, which is, you know, how do we engage our fans every day of the week at any given time to meet them where they are, wherever they are. Um, And so that's what the focus has to be. But frankly, that's where the focus needed to be before COVID. And if anything, this has just sort of accelerated that trend. For sure. And I appreciate that. And uh, Gil, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you uh, on the show, because, you know, I actually covered the 3686 uh, Entrepreneurship Festival, which you spoke (laughs) at. Uh, and, and you said, you know, uh, some phenomenal things that I was very curious about. But in that same vein of what you're talking about, one of the things you said was that you're in competition with everything in the living room. 
right? And so, <laughs> you know, and, and so maximizing on those relationships outside of the stadium, outside of, uh, you know, uh, of, you know, the, the normal way you kind of, um, engage with fans is, seems really important to you. So as you, you know, continue to move forward, uh, in that direction, what do you hope to kind of gain, right? Like you already have a foothold outside, but it seems like you're trying to go even further with that. What are you ultimately trying to gain? Is it just to maintain the relationship is to get more of the relationship? What's the ultimate goal in that, in that strategy? You don't mind me asking. Well, that's a very broad question. I'll, I'll try to Sorry answer about it. That. You, you tell me, <laughs> Oh no, no, no worries. Just uh, tell me if I'm getting to, to the heart of, of what you're, you're, you're asking me, but sure. you know, ultimately like I, I talk to my team all the time and they're probably sick of me uh, saying it, but, you know, I tell people that, you know, from a marketing standpoint, our job is to win the heart and win the minds mm. and then you win the wallet. I hear that. Okay. And so, but that's not, uh, you know, that, that that's not a, a discreet thing. It's not like you can say on Monday, Hey, did we win the heart and mind today? It's a, it's an ongoing process and it's a destination that you never get to. Mm. Um, you know, you constantly have to continue because there's always a competitor. There's always an event. There's always a new um, pursuit of time that, you know, people could be going, you know, towards rather than what you're trying to do. Absolutely. And so we're trying to climb a hill. I'm not going to say we're at the top of it because um, I just don't accept that at right. this moment in time. But I assume once we do get to the top of the hill, like at least from my perspective, you know, there's, you know, you, you don't just get to stay there. You, you got to keep doing what you need to do to stay, you know, to, to, to be there and then ideally find bigger hills to climb. So like, and what I mean by that is like at the end of the day, like, you know, we've got a strong fan base and I love our fans. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a constant thing. Like we have a lot of um, fans that have been with us since the founding of the team um, in Tennessee, at least right. um, in the late nineties. And those fans are, are getting older and, you know, they're going to age out. Um, and so you like any product uh, you have to continually fill your pipeline with new customers and doing so, you know, a new customer who's just coming to the Titans in 2020 you know, they, they're going to look sound and a little different than the ones that came to us in 1999. Right. They're going to have different needs, different attitudes, um, and different, you know, ac activities. And we're going to have to be sensitive to all those things, um, to, you know, position our brand to service them and what they want and meet them where they are. And again, that's a constant thing. Um, you know, and the way that looks today, my, especially, um, in today's, uh, you know, media and entertainment landscape, it could look very different, you know, in August of 21. Sure. And so we have to stay on top of that. And so when you say like, what are we trying to accomplish? It's a, just to continue to win over new fans to deepen these relationships um, so that we're always high on their consideration set, right. you know, and if you, if you allow me to be greedy, you know, um, Go that, that to me is the, you know, the, the, the here and now, Right. But I believe that, you know, with the strength of this organization and the strength of our brand and um, the strength of our leadership, you know, we can be this, the, the team of Nashville, the team of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And I think we can be a, a, a nationwide brand known for excellence, excitement and um, entertainment um, the same way that, you know, other top sports teams are known um, sure. nationally. So 
that's the long-term goal for sure. And I appreciate that. And, and I know you definitely have a fan uh, in Dallas. We have a radio partner, uh fishbowl radio network there in Dallas. And my uh, station chief there, Paul is a huge Tennessee uh, Titans fan. So you're, you're on your way, man, at least with that one All guy, right. I know for sure. Uh, I know. Well, I appreciate your way. That. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And, and I'm no, and I'm glad you answered the way that you answered because one of the things we're always trying to convey to Startup Nation that like this, you know, marketing it's a it's a never ending process. There is no uh, instance where you're like, you know what, I got him now. Like I don't really have to <laughs> right, do anything right, anymore, right. right? And we're talking about you know a franchise in the NFL, and even you just said, and you just heard Startup Nation, it's a continuous process uh you know to kind of uh engage with the with the fans or in your case startup nation engage with your uh client base or your customer base so i definitely uh appreciate that answer my man for sure yeah i mean it's if you're if if you're trying for sustained success there, there's really no other choice for sure for yeah. sure thank you for sharing that and, and and speaking of you know uh that and partnerships and local revenue i wanted to ask you about this because uh i was actually uh uh, covering a webinar uh, for uh, with uh, Sportico. Sportico did a, a webinar where they give team valuations and stuff like that, and they and they they broke down uh, team revenue uh, and things of that nature of all the uh, the teams in the NFL. And uh, and coming to find out that the NFL is expected by, based by Roger Goodell's projections that it's uh, the NFL is going to be a twenty five billion dollar brand in twenty twenty five, which is just bananas uh, to think <laughs> about. Uh, but I want to ask you this because you know because in that webinar you had Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, you had uh, yeah. Kevin Demoff of the LA Rams uh, in that revenue, and, and they talked about this importance of driving local revenue. Uh, and so I'm curious about like, you know, true, you know, obviously if you can't give me all the tea, I, I definitely understand that. But what is that, you know, that strategy when it comes to building that local revenue for the Tennessee Titans? So when people talk about local revenue in, in the um, context of sports teams, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually, you know, the, the two major streams you're talking about are ticket sales and then corporate partnerships. Gotcha. And then you know, underneath that, you've got like merchandise, food and beverage, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. And then increasingly, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, ancillary events um, in the building outside of sports that right. help to drive revenue as well. So, um, you know, tickets is pretty self-explanatory. And a lot of what we talked about, you know, up until now is sort of, you know, driving the, the passion um, of the fan base to inspire them to come out rather than sit on their couch and watch. Right. Um, so that's what winning the hearts, winning the mind, minds is all about is to really inspire that passion and generate action. Um, and then from a corporate partnership standpoint, you know, it's really about, you know, the, the what we want to go to the market, the corporate partnerships marketplace and say, you know, we can connect you um, you know, your you and your business to a large, diverse, and passionate fan base mm. um, that will help drive your business results. Right. You know, and so um, our biggest partner is our naming rights partner, Nissan. Of course. Um, and so, you know, talk about like, but, you know, having your brand and your products literally all on our stadium, you know, you are connecting with our fan base. You will be top of mind. Um, and you will get a rub off of fan affinity, um, you know, when that sort of purchase decision comes up and they're ready to look at cars, um, and your association with the Titans will create value in that whole, 
um, funnel um, that whole decision-making process with our fans that ultimately will provide a return on your investment. Um, and so that's what we offer. And then in doing so, it's not just about, you know, putting your name on our marquee. We, our team is also crafted or, or um, tasked with coming up with innovative and compelling marketing programs that right. we can execute together um, that again will, you know, the, you know, <clears throat> the way I put it is we offer full funnel solutions. Gotcha. And what I mean by that is, if you're just looking for top of the funnel brand awareness, you know, we got you. Okay. Because we can do that because we have a lot of brand power in this marketplace and we can bring your brand along with us. Um, but we can also go all the way down funnel and generate, um, help you generate conversions as well. Um, we can help you collect data. Um, we can, you know, incentivize purchases. Um, there's any number of marketing solutions we can develop, you know, irregardless of what your, um, your objectives are. And so for, for us, you know, again, going back to the, you never get there, right. You know, kind of approach right, for sure. So in order to effectively, you know, live into that promise of delivering, you know, these marketing solutions, you know, we have to be on top of all, you know, all marketing tactics that are out there, all mediums, um, you know, increasingly uh, we're very uh, digital um, heavy in terms of our partnerships uh, a lot of folks really want to tap into our storytelling and content generation um, capabilities. Uh, so again, going back to what I, that example I gave you earlier um, with the mini documentary, that was all produced in-house. Mm, um, right. And so we can take that production cap capability and tell stories and then attach brands to it. Um, and, you know, last year, our hotel partner, for example, wanted to tell stories about Nashville. Mm. Um, so, you know, we did these profiles of players and then as part of it, we wove into it, you know, you're new to Nashville when you get drafted here or when you start playing for the Titans, you know, wh what, what do you, what do you like about the city? Where do you go? Things of that nature. And so it was very organic in the sense that you're learning about the player, you're learning interesting things that you might not hear in your typical interview. And then you're tying into this brand equity that the hotel partner wanted to talk about in the sense of, you know, Hey, when you come to Nashville, you stay here and here are some of the things you can do while you're in town. Um, so it's all very organic and not as um, commercial, right. for lack of better words, right. commercialish makeup gotcha. words while we're on this. Um, <laughs> it's all good. But <laughs> it's a new normal, yes. man. I feel like it's okay to make up new words at the very least. I so. feel I can, man. <laughs> right. Um, so, but th that's, you know, so that's the thing. Like we, we, we bring different um, opportunities and, um, and we make them bespoke and customized to your brand and and we help make you big and impactful with our fan base for sure thank you for sharing and i'm sitting up here looking at some of your corporate sponsors like black tie moving and genesis diamonds and kroger and lyft uh, and stuff like that I'm, I'm curious you know what are some of the you know you talked about that uh that uh that approach to building that funnel when it comes to that brand awareness for those corporate sponsors what are some of the craziest uh, kind of ideas for marketing that you you kind of seen come across your desk that you maybe that you came up with with you and your team that you're like nah we can't we can't do that. We can't do, <laughs> we can't do that. Any story? I mean, maybe you can't tell me exactly what the what the plan What's was on the yeah. cutting room floor. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> man, you know, but any stories like that? Well, um, <laughs> whatever you can share, it's fine by me. Well, we have a couple in the lab right now that I don't want to break. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Break the news on. Fair enough. Um. But, you know, nothing too crazy in the sense of what, what were you thinking kind of thing, <laughs> gotcha. um, you know, but some of the fun things that we've done, um, you know, 
we do this uh, video series on um, super fans. Okay. And, and, you know, and you think in terms of when you hear super fan, you think, you know, these big, you know, perhaps uh, a couple drinks in dudes, you know, yelling loud and this, that, and the other. Right. Um, but my favorite one that we did last year was about these two older women um, and who called themselves fire and ice. Okay. And, and my guess is they're mid to late sixties, if not older. Right. Mm-hmm. And every week they get dressed up, they get these, um, you know, fire had wears these bright red gowns and ice wears these like, you know, light blue gowns and they wear masks, you know, like, like they're going to the opera kind of thing. Right. <laughs> um, they have like a 1950s like light blue like i think it's a chevy or some sort that they drive in wow. and like you know it's just like you just didn't see that coming right. <laughs> you know what i mean um, and so you know i just think that you know i'm sure this isn't as wacky as you were a, a story as you were looking for when you asked the question but, but what i love what i love about football and is that it's just such a broad palette man like mm. you, you just so many people tap into it for so many different reasons. Like if you had told me that there is these older, you know, like grandma, like ladies who just had this burning passion for Titans football to the extent that they, they gear their whole, you know, weekends around it. And it's really flamboyant <laughs> and aggressive way. Right. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, like I said, you don't see that coming. Um, right. So, you know, th- that was fun. Another fun one was, um, Last year we did a uh, a content series about the players and their tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Titans Inked. Okay. And um, Roger Saffold, who's a starting offensive lineman and one of the biggest human beings I've ever um, stood next to. Right. Um, and I'm six foot six, even two forty myself, and he, I, I don't even rate um, compared to him. Wow. And um, he has a. Uh, uh, a tattoo of Marilyn Monroe on his forearm. Interesting. And it's like, what's up with that? Man? <laughs> you know I mean? Right. Um, and it turns out his mother's name is Norma Jean, mm. um, which is mm. Marilyn Monroe's real name. Right. And so that inspired him to put a Marilyn Monroe tattoo on his, on his forearm. And so it's just, you know, like I said, I, I wish I had something a little more uh, a slapstick for you, but it's just, the things you run into in this job, it it ends up being pretty varied and and fun and interesting. Um, But I've only been here a year. I might have some crazier stuff for you after another year. I hear that. that. (laughs) Well, you're definitely welcome to come back on the show, but you know, you brought up something interesting and and I just think I thought about it here being here uh, in Memphis, West Tennessee uh, and stuff like that. It's like a good, a great brand. Sometimes like it kind of makes your job a little easier because I can't tell you how many times I see, uh, you talked about the the two women with the cars. I can't tell you how many cars I see like tightened out, man. Like, yeah. and, and they go crazy. Like I've seen like, you know, like, uh, Titans emblems on the back of like, uh, like the, uh, the side mirrors I, I've seen like, you know, rim, titans like you know, on, you know on the rim spinning and stuff like that like man they get kind of crazy but it just goes yeah, to people show. want to represent yeah. right exactly but it, it just goes to show when you have a good brand you know uh not that you should settle for uh it's selling itself like you know uh selling itself like we talked about earlier but it really does uh kind of make your job just a little bit easier so I'm, i appreciate you sharing all of that man well you know it's interesting you say that because look um you know i'm a mixed metaphors here right but sure. like 
doing marketing for an NFL team is like you're, you're born on at least second base, right? Mm, like, you know, that's fair. <laughs> like, that's like fair. you, you come from the startup world where you, you're, you're starting out, you're not even in the stadium, right? right <laughs> like, exactly. You know, like you're hoping to get some at bats, right? Exactly. Um, you know, so for, so I'm not gonna, I, I'm not like, uh, deluded in the sense that it wasn't, you know, it's not my marketing acumen that put us on second base to start. Like I got you. you're an NFL, you're an NFL franchise that, that, that helps. But I will tell you that, um, you know, when I first got here, um, and I'm not, you know, it takes a lot of village to get this stuff done, including a winning football team. Sure. But, you know, we weren't as resonant in, in Nashville a year ago as we are today. And, um, some of that, a lot of that has to do with the team and, and, you know, they, they got it done on the field last year in, in an exciting way. Um, but I also think, and I've been told this, um, that, you know, in the past we weren't as aggressive from a marketing standpoint so that even if you did have that, um, you know, that production and excitement on the field, we maybe weren't as prepared to capitalize that on that off the field. Um, as much. And so, and again, this is a super competitive landscape here. Like, you know, um, when I first got here, I'm like, gosh, man, like there's so many predators t-shirts wherever I went. Right. And I'm like, what about us, man? (laughs) Like, you know, well, I mean, when you come off a Stanley cup birth, I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. It does not. No, it does not. And, and, and by the way, they do a great job as well. They're super aggressive and creative and, and, you know, and part of what I've been, you know, on my team about, is like, you got to look at them. Right. Um, they're selling hockey in the deep South, man. That, that's, that's not easy. That's not an easy trick. Um, <laughs> you know? Right. So like, and, and, and they're doing a great job. And so we got to step up our game. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely helps having the, the power of the NFL behind you, you know, this is a football country. It's a football region. Right. Um, but, but again, going back to the, you, you can't rest because again, we weren't, we weren't it last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. And, and again, the team is the biggest driver of that, no doubt, but like we definitely um, have raised the game from a marketing standpoint. We've done more to be in people's faces. We've done more to sort of create access and interest into the team. And you have to do that regardless of how, quote unquote, good your product is. For Otherwise sure. you'll wake up someday and you'll see, you'll see slippage. For sure. For sure. And there's something to be said to be, to capitalize uh, on that, you know, uh, because I mean, there's been plenty of times, you know, you know, even outside of sports where you have, you've been kind of gifted this thing. And then all of a sudden, man, the, the, the right person at the, I mean, the wrong person at the top, man, can really just kind of throw that thing off a cliff. So I, I definitely yeah. understand. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexil series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. 
and after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top-notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Swanson Health. Startup Nation, Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home, and self-care products for over 50 years, since 1969, from the heart of America. Swanson Health carries over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. Pick up all of your favorite health products, plus discover new ones for your wellness routine, all while leaving money in your pocket. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code STARTUP20 for 20% off at swanson.com. We have a link there in the show notes if you listen to the replay. This episode of The Startup Life is powered by Colony Spark. Startup Nation, with our economy in flux, there is a lot of mixed messaging out there. If there was ever a time to take control of the narrative and let your customers know that you're here to serve them, it's now. And that's why you have a friend in Colony Spark. Colony Spark is an omni-channel marketing agency that believes in the power of community to ignite your business. They have helped companies across many industries with lead generation, revenue growth, and more to put them on the path to success. My guy Bill Murphy and his team are very good at what they do. How do I know this? Because not many SEO companies have the stamp of approval of being partnered with Google. Yes, that Google. So I want you to go to www.colonyspark.com forward slash startup to schedule a meeting today. In that meeting, you will review your current marketing activity, receive actionable advice on how to pivot and grow, and ask any marketing questions you may have on navigating over the next few months. Look, Startup Nation, I know things may seem uncertain right now, but if you are looking for a business partner that can help light the way, go with Colony Spark, where they firmly believe in business helping business. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. Uh, Startup Nation, we are actually wrapping up with Gil Beverly, Chief Marketing and Revenue Officer of the Tennessee Titans. I actually want to shift gears just a little bit because just not too long ago, yeah, just not too long ago, uh, Jason Wright uh, was hired as team president of the Washington Football Club, becoming the first African-American team president uh, of an NFL franchise. As an African-American yourself in a C-suite of an NFL franchise, you know, when you heard that news and when you saw that, how important was that for you? What were your first thoughts when you saw that? Um, first thoughts were that's an impressive uh, uh, man out there and and. Um, I'm hoping for his success and it's right. awesome to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, uh, you know, he's inheriting a team in a, a, in a challenging environment, given some of the things that are going around that sure. franchise. For but, sure. you know, it, it's always interesting because on one hand you want to celebrate these things, right. Yeah. And, um, and be excited and sort of say, Oh, there's a, this is a landmark for our culture and our race. Mm-hmm. But there's also a flip side of that. It's like, you know, that man's highly educated, highly trained. He's a former football player. Um, you know, he's spent however many years working in the management consultant consulting right. um, space, which, you know, your job is to be smart if you're in that, right, you know what sure. I mean? Like, 
So why shouldn't he be the president of the Washington Absolutely. There have been plenty of people, you know, clearly, you know, no disrespect the Washington football team. Right. Um, and, you know, there's clearly been a number of folks that have taken a stab at that job that maybe haven't been as successful as they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas I do think it's great that this ground's been broken, um, but, you know, this isn't, um, you know, and I'm, I'm forgetting his name is Kevin. Uh, Jason Wright. Jason, Jason Wright. Wright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, Jason, like he, he deserves to be there. Like, he, they, you know, so it's not, you know, so it's groundbreaking on one end, but it, it, it's also, you know, of course he has that opportunity because he's an extremely qualified, hardworking and deeply experienced uh, individual. And so I hope for his success. Um, you know, I think uh, hopefully it paves the way for others, um, you know, who, again, you know, frankly, are deserving and, and, you know, um, just waiting for that right opportunity, but it's exciting. And, um, you know, like I said, I just really hope that, um, he's successful for sure. For sure. I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, going back to something you were saying earlier about, uh, being part of, uh, the, the Nashville community and stuff like that, you know, let's be honest, you know, there's a lot of, you know, unrest going on, you know, people bringing up, you know, about social, you know, inequality and racial inequality and things of that nature, you know, as you know, an African-American in the C-suite of an NFL team in the South, you know, what kind of role can you play to kind of help bridge that divide, bridge that gap? What role do you think you have in that? Or if any at all, you have any ideas for me? <laughs> fair enough. That's a fair, that's, that's fair. That is very fair. Uh, I don't, Everything you just laid out, I have zero experience in and I'm finding my way. Right. Um, you know, so, um, I'm not sure when this will air, but, um, you know, at the time that we're having this discussion, you know, we're a couple days removed from, uh, the Titans, uh, you know, choosing not to practice, um, coming out of, uh, you know, some of the goings on around the country. Um, and that elicited a response, um, you know, positive and negative and, and, you know, I'll be honest with you, the day after everything happened, sure. um, I, I was very taken aback about some of the, the the negativity and the intensity of the negativity from folks gotcha. um, toward, towards our athletes, uh, towards our franchise. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard to see. It's hard to watch. Right. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, <clears throat> un, you know, unfortunately, and I, I've been telling people, you know, as someone who's in marketing, a, a, you know, a business leader and things of that nature, you know, by nature, you're a, you, you like to think of yourself as a problem solver. Right. You know, how can we find common ground on this situation? How can we thread the needle? Um, and what I'm finding so far is that it's hard because there's a line that some people just are drawing for themselves, which is, you know, if, if you don't think like I do, or if your experience is different from mine, then I'm going to have a problem with you and how you express that. Right. And, you know, and as a franchise, we've decided that, you know, we support our players. Um, we support their right to articulate themselves. And we believe in a lot of the same things they believe in from the standpoint of, you know, we still have a ways to go in terms of social justice and equality and sure. eliminating race, racism. And we are proactive and, um, you know, we are unapologetic about, you know, feeling that way and working towards those ends. 
And, you know, our hope is that we can explore that and pursue those ends in ways that are unifying um, and that are positive. But, you know, it's clear that not everyone's going to perceive it that way. Right. And that there's not necessarily always a way to bridge um, the gap with those people. For sure. um, and so, you know, you're, you're going to you're going to lose some folks, um, right. you know, but, but our hope is that we win more than we lose. Um, our hope is that we can, you know, deliver, um, you know, a different perspective that some might not get um, from their own lives. Um, right. And frankly, our hope is that we can communicate and, and impact younger folks who still, you know, whose minds are still kind of wet clay, right? And right. might be a little bit more open than than older folks. Right. Um, but these things aren't easy um, or simple. Of course and, um, you know, like I said, I'm still kind of feeling my way around it because, you know, I've spent most of my life um, in Chicago, New York, and Philadelphia, and the uh, um, mindsets are a little different. For and sure. so you're getting an understanding of, of, you know, the culture down here and all that sort of stuff and how these issues play out here is definitely an education, an ongoing education for me. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I kind of share a lot of your sentiments in the sense of like, I, I I think we just have to have a conversation, just, just have a conversation. Cause me personally, I just think that like, you know, that, you know, to quote my Angela, we're more alike than unalike. And I think sure. we just have those conversations. I, I think we'll see that we, a, a lot of us have dreams. A lot of us have goals. A lot of us have things that we want to accomplish and we can, we can build on that. You know what I mean? And it's okay to, you know, uh, disagree about certain things, but you know, uh, but, you know, it, it's, I think the hardest part, like you just said, is getting everybody to the table and, and and having that conversation. So I appreciate your honesty and your transparency about that, my man. No problem. It's, uh, you know, um, um, <laughs> it won't be the, the last time I'm asked about it. So For sure. For sure. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, thinking it all through and, and how, you know, and how to, to talk about these issues. And Absolutely. It's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely a, a thing and, and we all need to be engaged in it. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. So, you know, as we wrap up, man, and really quickly, quick shout out to Launch Tennessee and the Kettner Group for setting up uh, this conversation with uh, uh, GB, man. We've, we've had a fantastic time uh, and he's dropped some amazing knowledge that I'm pretty sure on uh, Startup Nation you want to put in your entrepreneurial toolkit. So, GB, when you think about your your career uh, and, and the scope of the next chapter for you and stuff like that, you know, well, first going back. What do you think was the turning point that really kind of set you up for the success that you're experiencing today? Is it was it the NFL internship? Uh, was it something that happened in school? What was that turning point for you? Or he's like, you know what? I'm on my way. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think at some point, um, I think it goes back to my job um, working for uh, uh, University of Pennsylvania's basketball program. OK. Um, so that was my first job in sports and, um, you know, getting a real understanding of what goes into competing, um, you know, cause you, when you're on a coaching staff, even though I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I would say low man on the totem pole, but right. I don't even know if I was on, on the totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So, but you know, your life is centered around preparing this team to compete you know, again, 20, every day, um, and the level of, of, uh, detail orientation, preparation, no details too small. And by the way, if you screw up a, a small detail, coach Dumpy's gonna, gonna, um, 
<laughs> let you know about it sure. in no uncertain terms. And so you, you know, it, it was like, again, mixing metaphors, it's like a hockey goalie, right? You mm. can make, you know, uh, 95 saves, but if you, if you miss five, <laughs> right? you know, like no one cares about the 95, they nope. care about the five you let in. Right. And it's the same thing. And you learn, you know, a certain standard and, and what it takes. And so coming out of that, I don't think I had the, um, the discipline and passion for what I was doing in life until I was exposed to that. And it's like, this is what it's going to take to be successful, no matter what I want to do, whether it's sports or whatever. And so from there, um, you know, I was a much more serious student when I went to grad school than I was in undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was much more competitive. And I just sort of have applied that to every job I've had in every role I've had since then. Um, and it's worked out um, reasonably well for me. For sure. And you know what, what you do in, in the industry that you're in and, and the trajectory that you're on, it is really uh, competitive, man. What, what do you think has been your competitive advantage? Uh, in that regard, is it the work ethic? Is it something else? What has been the competitive competitive advantage for Gil Beverly? Well, you know, I, I don't want to get into the, the world of humble bragging, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? but you asked me a, a question that kind of leads itself to it. You okay. know, like my, my, my sense of things is that like, you know, I'm mindful that you're fortunate that be in this space, right. Mm. And to have these type of opportunities and you, you want to be able to, maximize it and 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 kind of get the opportunities that you want for as long as you can and so my, my attitude's always been all right well what's everybody else doing all right i need to do at least that and then i need to do more you know what gotcha. i mean so you you, you kind of have to look around you and just kind of figure out you know um you know what's the standard and so you understand it and then you try to exceed it as best you can um, and, you know, in doing so, I always look at it like, um, you know, when you're on a basketball team in high school or whatever, it's like, yeah, you compete like, you know, heck against your partner, your buddy, right? Like, I'm going to go at you at practice. Um, and so you can make me better. I can make you better. And then so we can go win. Right. Right. And that's kind of how I look at, at corporate um, America as well or whatever organization I'm in. Like I'm going to raise the bar as hard as high and as hard as I can. Right. And I hope that you raise the bar, too, because I'm going to steal whatever you did. Uh, <laughs> raise the bar, right. And then we're going to raise it again. And then it becomes this virtuous cycle. Right. But right. to me, it kind of starts with competition. Um, and then, frankly, if you're not finding the competition within your own organization, then look out around you. Mm. Like, trust me, I, I have a list um, of other franchises that I have a lot of respect for. And every week I'm checking their social feed, their websites. I'm looking I'm looking at gotcha. what they're doing. Right. And and I'll steal from them, too. Gotcha. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when I do it, I want whatever we're doing to be better than what they did. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So like sort of you know, bringing that competition to, to, to everything you do in a positive way, in a way that, of course, you know, gro- grows the pie around you um, is, is something that I think is, is key. And then the other thing, which frankly um, I've learned, I don't want to say late in life, cause I hope I, I have some time. Um, but you know, the people piece and, you know, how you treat those around you Big facts. Um, and, you know, um, being a positive force in other people's lives. Um, that's something that frankly, um, getting into this role in Nashville and, and seeing how much of an impact you can have, um, from a, a senior level, um, into the organization as a whole and into individuals, 
um, has been really eye-opening for me. And, you know, because earlier in my career, frankly, I wish I could say earlier, like not too far, not too long ago, I probably over-focused on that first piece, the competition piece. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's cross everything around us. Let's steal from our competitors and do better than them. And if you weren't on board, then I probably have a problem with you, Mm. (laughs) you know? And now as I get older, it's like, well, why aren't you on board? Are you, Mm. are we giving you everything you need to be on board? Is there a problem at home that keeps you from being on board? You know, like there's, it's, it's rare that someone, that someone's on your team and that doesn't want to perform for sure. Um, Those people are out there, but it's usually more to it. And as you're, as, as a leader, and representative of your organization, it's incumbent upon you to to look a little deeper and try to, to to diagnose that and then to help people overcome. And so, you know, I would say in my evolution, and and like I said, unfortunately for me, this has been a, a, a last two or three year kind of thing, as opposed right. to maybe I wish it were last you know ten to fifteen year kind of thing. But um, but it's definitely helped me grow as an executive and as a, as a person and. Um, you know, and kind of like everything we've talked about it, there's no real destination to it. I'm sh- hopefully I'm a, even better and discover more next year than I know now. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. And before I ask the last question, Gil, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, and being very generous with your time and sharing all of your amazing content and and uh, knowledge for Startup Nation. We are very much uh, appreciative of all of that for sure. But now I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, man. Look. There's somebody out there in Startup Nation feeling a little discouraged, feeling a little down on themselves. Give some words of encouragement to this out for today, if you don't mind, good sir. What I would say is, you know, success is not a straight line. Um, you know, and I think there's a if you're the type of person who would listen to your your show and your podcast, and if you're out there um, trying to do something in the entrepreneurial space, you're type A, you're driven, um, and, and you're you're geared towards success. And I think a lot of things in life kind of tell you er erroneously that it is a straight line. You know, you finish first grade, you go to second, you get out of elementary school, you go to junior high, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get to grad school or you go to college, then grad school and you get whatever accreditation you need and you just keep it moving. Right. And the reality of it is, is that very few people, um, you know, even, you know, if you look at my resume, you know, you know what that Chris Rock line is like, you don't meet real people you meet their representative right you know <laughs> and and your resumes and these types of interviews you know that they're they're you know sanitized versions of the reality right mm-hmm. like i've had more setbacks and, and some spectacular ones um that then i care to admit and it's just about um you know believing in yourself having humility learning from you know whatever failures you come to um, you know, again, it sounds trite and like, you know, cliche, but, but that's really what it is. It's like belief in yourself. I think the humility to learn um, and that, that that was important to me. Like, you know, I had had a lot of positive reinforcement in my career. So it's easy to sort of say, oh, I got this thing down. And but when you do kind of run up against um, adversity to really take a hard look at yourself and sort of say, well, you know, what are you bad at? Why are, why are these things happening and to adjust appropriately? But once you do that, if you're talented, if you mean well, um, and if you are service oriented in terms of both, you know, your teammates and your customers, and you're willing to listen um, and work hard, you know, ultimately, you know, you might not be on the slope you want to be on in terms of, you know, we're not all on that hockey stick, <laughs> you know, right. um, sometimes it's more gradual than that, but that's ultimately what it takes and, and you will be successful. You just kind of have to keep it, you know, keep, keep going. And, 
it's advice that's simple but not easy um but but that's really you know it's all that's all i know let's put it that way for sure (laughs) you know the one thing i'd like to add is just about my ambitions and the tennessee titans ambition as well yeah is you know we really you know this year more than any um has taught our organization and me personally that we have to be about more than our product Mm. um that we have what I refer to as cultural capital um, in the yeah. sense, you know, that we can make a difference in different areas of, of, you know, life. Um, you know, I joked around with some of the people you know close to me that, you know, once the tornado and COVID hit, I felt like I was running a, a, a community nonprofit as mm. much as being a, you know, a marketing uh, leader, right? Just because we knew that we had to, you know, the tornado hit, like we literally were out in the streets handing out sleeping bags and flashlights and things of that nature. Um, and then with COVID, we're trying to figure out how can we promote local small businesses um, and, you know, give some direction as to who's open. Cause I remember it's hard to remember the early days of the pandemic, but it was like, you know, there were, it wasn't clear as to what was actually available right. um, to you. And, you know, so many businesses were suffering and, and we knew that we could provide a platform to, to promote that, um, promote people. And one of the decisions we've made is that that's not going to stop. You know, mm-hmm. whenever this pandemic stops, um, that doesn't necessarily, we're not going to stop. We view this as central to our mission. And, you know, I've just kind of adopted that as well in the sense that, like, you know, I don't know that my next act will be in sports marketing. Like, it, it, like at this point it's like well how else can you make contributions right um i i don't know what that looks like but you know i I guess what i would say to you know your entrepreneurs that make it like you know i I do think that there's something you know i I can't make a direct draw a direct line or whatever Mm -hmm. but i believe your business will do better the more that you look around you and ask yourself you know, how can I contribute outside of my products? For sure. Um, and so that's something that we're embracing and something that I'm embracing as well. And- awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. We want to once again thank Gil Beverly for coming on the show. GB, thank you so much, my man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This is actually fun. I appreciate your uh, allowing me to tell some of my story. No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.